So welcome to the very first Alchemist podcast, which is a podcast that is a branch off from my blog, Alchemist in the Making, where I would be discussing, I guess, architecture's relationship with the everyday with my friends and hopefully some of my family members in the future. Today I have my wonderful friend Izzy or Isabella Peppered Clark. <laughs> yeah, Izzy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm a graduate of architecture at a small firm. And then one of the things I do outside of work is I'm part of the architecture lobby. And that's essentially not a union, but a lobby that sort of advocates for workers' rights in the architecture industry. Mm. And so for that, I got the fortunate enough to get the opportunity to speak on a panel at Brickworks in Melbourne Archi team, which is a cooperative of architects and a few other academics um, on a panel discussing, I guess, success in architecture and how can we maybe redefine that success at different levels. So I was sort of representing graduates and workers on that panel. Mm. So yeah, I guess today's topic is basically really about, as Izzy has mentioned, redefining success and just a branch off of, from the panel discussion that we had. Um, I guess it was in last month, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So success can be defined in many ways. And I feel like lately in comparison to how we used to see success, it's more a term that has quite a lot of pressure on us as yeah. well. So the idea for us to choose a career when we're 16 or 17 years old, so like in year 11 or in year 10, 10 really, yeah. and then just going straight to uni and then finish your bachelor's for architecture and then that pressure of whether you want to take a gap year then go into master's. And I guess for both of us, somehow we were confident enough to at least just go straight into masters and just continue with architecture but at the same time I feel like it's because we were lucky and we were fortunate enough to have certain opportunities to give us the experience mm-hmm. along the way to just experience what architecture working in architecture field is like mm. anyways just quickly going off do a really quick recap about the Archie team event that you mm-hmm. had at Brickwork. Some of the discussions we had among Peter Reisbeck, Adam Furman, Kirby Roper, you and Mari Mahali. I think there's a lot of blurred boundaries in terms of success with the removals of the finance situation and then also now going back to I guess personal mantras and such. Yeah. So what's your take on that? I think yeah we were asked at the start of the panel discussion which we didn't know we sort of we, we thought we were going to be talking a lot about wages and I guess monetary success but he Warwick was chairing the panel and he just asked everyone okay like what's success to you or what's what makes you happy in practice uh, about practicing or about whatever you do whatever it may be mm. obviously different people on the panel sort of have different strengths and have ended up doing different things maybe not um, traditional architecture mm. So I think I was talking a lot about being valued in practice. Value gets shown through different aspects of how an employer treats you at work and I guess how other staff treat you. And like, I guess for me, I'm constantly reassessing my value. And a lot of the time, I think that that doesn't really align with what I feel like I should be getting paid with, which is a major issue. Mm. And I think that you know, especially if you're working on the motivation that failure is not an option and you always have to succeed with everything you do, you try and make as little mistakes as possible. Mm. You want to be valued for like your contribution and 
your work ethic of working hard for a company. Mm. So you want to be sort of remunerated or somehow for that or valued for that, whether it may be extra perks or, you know, a good bargaining agreement or something where you get, you know, more time off or something for less money off or just being paid more or just having a better, I guess, working standard at work, Mm. like maybe more, you know, I don't know whether it might be a coffee machine to someone or like a good breakout room or, mm. you know, maybe an extra 15-minute break throughout the day. But how can it, people get sort of – how can the value be shown from the employer to the employee mm. at work? Yeah, I think like even just talking from there, like when you talk about value, it's really about office culture and then the work environment. And I guess it's also branching on that importance of having that good work ethic relationship I don't think that's perhaps the correct term but just at least have a good level of respect and understanding of the hard work because I think what a lot of us struggle to understand sometimes is no matter how much sympathy and empathy we can provide for one person sometimes we still forget to put ourselves in other people's shoes Mm. for us to understand the hard work it takes for us to get to the position here today. So, like, personally for me, even though I haven't been working at an office properly or, like, a proper architecture office, it's still very hard for me to grasp that sense of environment. So I'm still struggling to find that understanding of that lacking that work environment like a positive good work environment in an architecture field but like I do know that there are some firms that try and build a good community by like having weekend activities weekend sports um just having those Friday drink sessions and all I mean it, it sounds really nice but then at the same time I'm sure there's a lot of hiccups along the way for us to get to that good work culture on it yeah and you might not like you know if you say okay let's have Friday drinks but maybe not that's not everyone's cup of tea or maybe they'd rather leave early. Mm. So it's sort of that, you know, what's that understanding of, okay, it's almost like a mand- creating mandatory activities for all the staff when that might not make them feel more comfortable. That might actually give them anxiety or social anxiety to have to do that. Maybe they just want, you know, a breakout room where they can, or like a meditation room or something at work. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I guess it just depends on these activities hopefully or should be aligned with the people that are working there anyway because I feel like generally when you look at different firms or like different companies architecture or not they always have a very similar vibe like each person shares a very similar vibe in that group and then so I guess it just depends on different personalities that are drawn to certain parties as well. Alex, like, from Therefore Studios, his speech at an Imagine Forum, he talked about, like, how when he's running his own practice, is examining different personalities. So, like, sometimes have to let go of your own beliefs, I guess, and then just be able to work with other people, at least be able to respect others mm-hmm. in that sense that somebody will be better than you in one area, of course. And yeah. then, of course, you will probably be better than them in some other areas. Then I think that will also encapsulate that value system. I don't know about you, but just having respect and being humble about certain things would be nice. Yeah, that's a nice way to treat people. Mm. And then I think, yeah, it's that other layer of understanding that, you know, maybe what everyone else isn't doing, all the status quo of architecture firms may not fit your staff. So... Mm. You know, like for, we talk about in the lobby is sort of worker-owned business. Mm. So you can actually set up 
a system where workers actually have more say. Mm. And so maybe that can then influence like whoever's working somewhere at the time, they can sort of ask staff what they want Mm. and then sort of give it to them and just keep shifting depending on who's working there or what's required at the time. So it's Mm. not like this, you know, everyone must have this like well-being centric view of work that the kinds of things like those activities that we're talking about, Mm. they might not, you know, fall into what's appropriate for those people or for that, like, yeah, for that um, atmosphere of that workplace at that time. So it's just about, like, you know, I guess asking people maybe not being afraid to open up those conversations Mm. and not being afraid about the answer that comes from that. Yeah. Like if you ask staff what do you want or what's not working, don't be, like, afraid of, like, what they say or don't make them feel uncomfortable to speak out. Just say, um, you know, like, this is – you can say whatever you want. It's a safe environment Mm. and we're not going to hold you account, like maybe even anonymous surveys or something Mm. and just to try and create that better culture. Yeah, because I think, like, looking back at the notes I've taken from the team panel, I was looking at the term, like, unpaid internship, which currently is a huge, huge can of worms because I feel that some places, I can understand why some practices don't pay the interns, like, the people working hard. And then there are practices who do pay but still underpaying, if not pay in accordance and sometimes, from a personal experience of mine, I remember my manager back then, he was always asking me why, like, when are you going to get paid? Why aren't you asking for your pay yet? And I think back then, I was living or working under that fear where I thought that if I'm asking for my pay, then it shows that I'm there for the money, not really for the experience. And so the way that I thought to just prevent myself from being really bitter about the whole experience was just to understand that within that period of time of my internship, at least I was learning a lot. At least I was I was enthusiastic about my experiences and be willing to always ask for advice and such that I thought that supplemented the pay. Did you get paid? Yeah, I did get paid, but I feel like I should have gotten paid more, but I just didn't want to challenge it because... I didn't know whether I was paid the right amount in comparison to another intern. So I don't know if I actually got underpaid or paid the right amount because we did ask each other openly. It was just a little bit like, oh, I don't really know whether it's because of situations or no matter how long you work, you'll still get paid the same amount. And so I think because I started to dwell on that a little bit more, it just unfortunately tainted my impression of it as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's successful I guess to go back to our topic about discussing about success it's like are we sometimes substituting the experience that we've gotten Mm -hmm. as a success or being paid as a success or Mm -hmm. then if not standing up for rights and learning as a whole as being successful to it Mm. yeah I think all of those things that success I mean I think definitely at the moment I don't think I'm getting paid enough but that I'm getting you know, registration sort of hours. Mm. So that's like a goal for me. I want to be able to do that eventually. So knowing that I have the right experience means a lot. Mm. And maybe if I worked at a big firm that paid me a lot of money, but I just did one thing all the time, I wouldn't have got that. So it's a bit of a trade-off. But I think when you start, if you're not in that position, if if you basically the sole value 
or I guess reward for you working is money, then, you know, you can try and be more demanding with if you get an opportunity to have a review or it comes up in conversation Mm. of raising the fact you're not happy, at least, you know, your employer will know. Um, And I know a lot of people who aren't in a position to leave their job and sort of fight for more pay and then potentially even made redundant in the future. And then you know, obviously you can't really risk your job or your only income for just trying to get more just because you're, you know, potentially Mm. think that you can get paid more, but it's sort of, you know, not being greedy, but a lot of the time you are just paid the basic award when you've got more experience or something, but there's sort of a grey area in the award. Mm. So it is hard to value yourself especially when you're trying to have a trade-off like, oh, but I need a job. Mm. Oh, but, you know, if I'm a student or I'm a grad, so I'm not in a position to fight for more pay Mm. because I desperately need the work or experience and I'm not really high up enough to sort of barter in a meeting for more money. So I think it puts you in a difficult position, but if if you bring it up at an appropriate time, like in a review, I think it can pay off and it has for me in the past sometimes and it also has it. Mm. So it's sort of, it's it's also a dynamic between you and that work. I guess their impression of you, whether they think they can continue just treating you the same and that you stay, stick around or whether they're worried you'll leave if they don't raise your pay. Mm. I think someone one time just asked, it's like, how, like, if you know you are valued in a firm, it's like, do they fight for you to stay because of X number of reasons or because they really believe in you as well? And I think that's something that is very hard because I feel like at the end of the day, no matter how much we validate ourselves, we still want words of validation from other people. Yeah. And it's very hard because I think for our occupation, we're always constantly on the go and we're always mm-hmm. constantly seeking new projects that we do forget to stop and have a pause and just kind of commend ourselves at least of what we've done. Yeah, Too it's fast-paced. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I do like the efficiency. I'm not going to lie. Like, I get really excited when I, I don't know, see something I've drawn come to life. It's really nice. And then um, that feeling, that exhilarating feeling, and then just trying to put it into the poster, just wanting to get to the end point. At least that's for me. And I think that can be quite detrimental to us in terms of just understanding what our values are because... Mm we'll just keep being extra critical of ourselves it's like okay where are we going to go next and next and next and that's quite exhausting for ourselves as well that's right but like i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but yeah actually the other thing i guess i want to ask about today is like just kind of talk about if you don't mind the architecture lobby as well Mm -hmm. so i just it's great that at least archie team approached you guys like yep. your community as such and like if you could expand a bit more about what type of initiatives you guys are doing yep. and such yeah sure so architecture lobby is a u.s not-for-profit mm. um and we are a chapter in victoria of that and there are two in new south wales currently starting so one in sydney and one in newcastle out that way so in victoria we started in melbourne at the end of last year so end of 2018 by architecture student saw what the lobby was doing in the u.s and thought it was really great and decided to start the first international chapter Mm. but the u.s lobby is like new york la 
in many states over there. They have conferences, they sort of get together and basically the the basis of it is organising, I guess, our workers, mm. which is basically the basis of unions, so mm. organisation of workers instead of just, for example, being everyone, everyone being an individual and a separate entity against the employer almost. Mm. It's sort of about uniting everyone mm. for better standards all, all around. Mm. And so what we do is we have chapter meeting every month mm. and basically there's not a lot not a large overarching agenda like not a really long-term one we just basically issues that are arising it's a lot to do with labor law workers rights wage just you know standards in the office perks I guess people a lot of mistreatment arises so we have a meeting every month and everyone's able to everyone's equal we have a small hierarchy just like a chapter president and then, you know, there'll be someone chairing each meeting, but it could be a different person. And so they're just sort of running it, but everyone is encouraged to participate. Mm. We have 30 members at the moment. Mm. And, and you pitch an idea for a campaign to run and then everyone votes. So it's mm. sort of like democratic and you, it could be whatever you wanted. So I, earlier this year, I started a campaign for student and programs. We sort of put together a little magazine that sort of had helpful tips for students through word of mouth and on Instagram Mm. and Google Drive. Mm, That's really good. So like apart from other student campaigns, I guess, what other campaigns are you guys, have you guys also been looking into as well? Um, We're doing like at the moment, for example, just sort of dealing with bad management or lack of HR in small and medium practices. Mm. We're dealing with, yeah, wage, like the award in general, uh, comparing it to other industries, comparing it to you know, like what's the growth over time or how is it calculated Mm. because we're not sure. So we're doing basically investigating on behalf of all workers. Mm. We also did uh, just, you know, like education about labour law to architectural professionals. And obviously we're trying to engage with students and grads because that's mainly who we are as members, mostly Mm. students and grads. And also speaking with different other groups like industry alliances seeing what they do and working out, you know, maybe where we could maybe help them with some resources if they want to do some research about, yeah, about people's experiences, for example, internships, you know, how can maybe we have it across the board standards for when people do internships in firms Mm. and, yeah, just a lot of trying to collaborate with other organisations and trying to, I guess, make the industry accountable Mm. for the ripple effects of, you know, lack of pay rises or bad management Mm. I think like it's because like in encompassing like all the topics that you guys are currently being involved in which I really appreciate and applaud you guys for I think it's also just examining like is it does that mean then to look through all of these that in our architecture education that we do need to understand how practice management works mm. a lot earlier, not just in our masters, mm. but even just understand how business works. Because I feel mm. like because we get so pigeonholed into just studying architecture and like the theoretical designs of it, that I sometimes forget that there is the business side of things. Yeah. 
Like even my dad, he's trying to make me understand the basics of accounting. <laughs> I'm still struggling to go through that textbook, but, but pretty but dry. <laughs> it is so dry. But like you see some of these terms that I remember. We had our lecturer give like our lecturer gave us in lecture, and I'm thinking.、Mm. My God, I remember like it, it's flashbacks, but I just wish there were other ways for us to absorb it because I feel like I am in between like a words, a textbook person, and then a visual person. But then it's it's so hard to get finance to fit into either categories to understand it. But like having said, now that these issues are now more out in the open, I guess then it's just it's a question of how long do you think it'll take for I guess. Industry standards to improve because I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes when money is the deciding factor and times the deciding factor as well as your relationship with your clients and and builders, like just anybody in the collaborative process, is a factor. It really does affect the I guess your behavior in terms of running the management,、mm-hmm. and it would be nice I guess to see a good future. Where everybody at least is treated well, and just as you said, like have a good value and just make people feel validated.、Mm. And all I don't know about you. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's a cultural issue broadly. Like,、mm. I mean, other professions like economics, like、mm. finance, doctors, like you know, all, all these other teachers. I don't know, health professionals.、Um, you know, other sort of similar kind of jobs to us, where、mm. you sort of have a lot of Work. It's not sort of just admin. It's like sort of practical, but、uh, professional sort of work. You know, there's a lack of unionization, but there's a lack of,、uh, I guess, organization.、Mm. And you know, everyone overworks a lot. I think people are very hard on themselves、mm. for you know always trying to do do more work than probably they're getting paid for. But if you look at what people charge, I mean, so you know, I've done a lot of extra hours on this project. I'm Managing at the moment at work, just because it demands that time, and as an architect, you're sort of, and project managing it without a project manager on the job,、mm. you know, you're really doing everything. You're the contact person, and something will come up, and you'll say, oh, you know, okay, it'll just take me half an hour to do that extra thing, but、mm. I'm not going to charge for it because it's not within my scope. But、mm. you know, you should probably charge for it. But if you charge for everything, you would have a massive cost、mm. um, to the client. And so sometimes you just sort of do a thing here or there、um, for free,、mm. especially things that you know you're not even. It's not really an architectural issue, <laughs> but you know, I I always kind of feel bad. I'm like, oh, you know, but I don't really want to charge them for that. It's not that hard for me to do or something. Maybe、mm. make a phone call. But if you think about it, I spent five years studying, and if I keep doing that, then and if The client's not paying my work more.、Mm. How am I going to be able to try and negotiate a raise for myself or something?、Mm. Like if we just keep, if I keep doing sort of work for free,、mm. then how am I going to be able to show my or like, I guess substantiate my worth to my employer?、Mm. So it's a bit of a hard balance where you know if you're getting paid a you know a comfortable amount. I don't、mm. know if anyone is for how much work they do. Yeah. You know, maybe you'd be a bit more like, okay, well, actually, I'm getting, I'm almost overcharging, so I'm happy to do that. Those things that come up,、mm. but our fees are quite lean, I think, because we're competing with each other. We're trying to get the job. We're trying to win work. Yeah. Then you can't change the fee really, and you have to, you know, justify why you're changing if you do.、Mm. So it's a bit hard to know what to charge.、Mm. 
Mm. My charge out rate at the moment, I think we got told at uni that we, we should use a multiplier of three. Yeah, yeah, we um, do. My charge out rate is higher than that mm. and my pay hasn't gone up. But at the same time, it can't really go up till I'm registered and it's kind of, it's a bit of a sticky, I think it's a bit caught in the mud really because it's just this perpetual cycle of doing extra work on projects and mm. then the work not getting enough pay for it yeah. and so then me not being able to get a raise. Yeah. So. Then having said it's like how do you feel about those who have argued, I guess, like because I'm pretty sure you've had people who said that, but you should know that if you're doing architecture, you should realize that you're not going to be earning yep. as much. Yeah. So how do you, because I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. Whenever I hear people say that, and I'm thinking like, just, I guess, looking back at one of the entries that I've written about, like internship isn't always about the money. And I'm thinking when you look at it pragmatically, and then if you look at today's cost of living and bloody society and, like, like the expectations of earning a house, earning a car, going traveling. Yeah, like... Travel's I, a big one. I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, we, we do need to find ways to sustain ourselves. So I, I'm always lost for words. And you will ask me that yeah. or, like, argue with that. That's my favourite conversation. Anyone, if you see me on the street, just... <laughs> <laughs> just argue with me about this one if you have a different point of view. But yes, on the panel, one of the other other lovely panelists who I have respect for, but she was saying that she doesn't, you know, I don't know, she started a business and she didn't need to make money from it. Mm. And she, you know, like you, she knew going into it she wouldn't make heaps of money in an architecture. And that's a great fortunate situation to be in. And I'm not mm. saying that everything is perfect, but, you know, that is a fortunate financial situation to be in. And mm. the fact that other people are not in that financial situation might mean that they can't start something up or they don't feel like they can or, you know, they're sort of stuck doing one thing or mm. they can never, you know, plan or um, go travelling or have these experiences or buy a house or whatever they wanted to do or really just afford basic things because they're sort of being reined back by not earning quite a living wage I mean mm. and that a living wage is a topical as well mm. I mean what does that mean but mm. I mean if you like I'm on $52,000 a year as mm. a grad mm. and you know the, the realities of that is that I thought you know oh that's great could be earning twenty thousand more than I was as a student, mm. um, or thirty thousand more than I was as a student. Sorry, um, mm. and that's going to be amazing. I'm going to have so much extra money. But you know, by the time you have bills and everything, it just sort of you don't get left with heaps. So it's hard to. It takes a very long time to save up if you wanted to buy a house or anything like that or mm. invest. And if you just blow everything on traveling, then you sort of you're not going anywhere you just and maybe like in a few years won't have that problem anymore but you know to try and help junior staff get a leg up mm. I think it would be nice to arrange some packages or at least pay people 
there over time yeah. because the sentiment that you go into architecture not knowing that you won't make money doesn't really add up. I did mm. know that. Did you know that when you did you think about that when you put architecture down in your VTAC application? That's the thing. See. I feel like any. I think if we look back to my VTAC application, it was all the design units at the top, and then I put all my business stuff at the bottom. <laughs> Long story short, my parents didn't really want me to go into fashion design unfortunately I think like any industry that I was going to somehow I just knew that I knew I was going to be comfortable but I will have to work hard to be comfortable in any industry that I was going to because I think for me I mean I would admit I am rather privileged to be like given the lifestyles I am but at the same time I really don't like the fact that there's that assumption that I'm just going to be comfortable because of my parents like we I want to work just as hard as my mom and dad did when they were teenagers I want to work as hard as you because come on you are one of the most hard working people I know like even my friends like everybody's really hard working mm. and I think sometimes people need to realize that even though yes we are lucky enough that we are doing something that we like and at least can sustain us but people shouldn't have that assumption knowing that we're just comfortable because we yeah, are in this generation right. right now. So That's not okay and that's right. It's an unrealistic pressure to put on people mm. even if they may be able to sustain, you know, going to uni and not working, which neither of us did. But, mm. you know, I didn't for first year. I didn't work mm. mainly because I couldn't get a job. <laughs> in hospitality mm. but after that I've been working two or three days a week for the whole other four years mm. and I think and overloading subjects doing full-time so I think that it's definitely like it's hard to balance that and you definitely I think give up better grades as well like you just can't compete with the top achievers like how could you because you're taking days out of your work or your uni week which we already know is like all weekend even mm. if you're not working yeah. and all night. And so I think that has to change, really. I think, you know, these high expectations are unrealistic in uni and practice. Mm. And it's putting pressure on people when, you know, even if you, you don't work, like I don't know whether you can't afford, you can afford to not work or whether you're just sort of giving up a lot of lifestyle to, to just do uni. But it's a lot of pressure to put on those people to say, well, you know, you're going to be in this financial situation where you're either dependent on parents or Centrelink or whatever and you can't have extra things or you can't have extra time to do nice things mm. because we're going to put this expectation on you. So I think for everyone it's bad. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, necessarily financially privileged or not. It's that expectation that and that pressure cooker environment that's just making people sick, to be honest, like making people anxiety Mm. and just you know get colds get flus you know easier yeah um, they just run down all the time and yeah. um, not be able to you know have conversations with people or do nice activities even sit in a park like yeah you know, just because they don't have any time and they're just everything stressed to the maximum like money budgets time yeah and like I would love to know where it came from like I think to this mm. day even like sometimes talking to my mom about it it's just like she would ask me how come our generation isn't as resilient as her generation I guess but the thing is it's very hard for us to even give an explanation sometimes 
I try not to use social media as the main reason of blame because while one aspect of this is true where everything is so accessible nowadays and because we are always seeing it right in our face. Of course, we have the option to choose not to, but it's so hard because we are quite prone to being envious of each other. Mm. And I guess, like, from our conversation that we had early on was about, like, just that instinct of wanting to survive yeah, and yeah. be the best in it. But it's hard, as you said. Like, it's just that you don't know. I think, for me, I think where most of my pressure comes from is because I've always watched my parents or at least listened to my dad, especially when your dad drives you to school every day. <laughs> it's like talking about the times that they had to go through all the difficulties. And then for me personally, because I appreciate what they've given me, they've worked hard to give me, it just makes me want to work extra hard. So then at least to show that I do care and at least appreciate what they've done for me as well. Of course, that's not my view isn't shared with everybody else. It's like not on the same page with everybody else's. But there are reasons why. Like there is a huge pressure on us. We see we see house prices keeps going up. And then there's so much like so many hobbies that we want to do. Like you now have traveling as being really accessible. I'm still trying to understand why traveling is a trend nowadays. Mm. I feel like it's more of a trend rather than yeah. something you do because you really want to do it. Yeah. So it's more like, so where do we find that fine line of socialising, making a stable income, and then be able to have, be more confident about our future? Like, did we suddenly breed a generation, like, all all of our, (laughs) like, our generation are all future think forward thinkers that we think that where we are right now is going to be at the end when really we're all very prone to keep on changing directions and such. Yeah. So lots to think about. Anyways, thanks for today. And thanks for being one of the first guests on this podcast. Thanks for having me. That's okay. Feel free to give us feedback on what else you'd like us to talk about. Thanks for listening for today and hope to see you another time. Thanks. Thanks.